0: Team. You know when I wasn't driving tractor You know I had me a old oh, beat up team Sing. Watch out, brother Robert.
1: This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor, and I'm Ed Sanders. Happy to be here in Party
0: Time, USA. You
2: ask a-
1: Good afternoon. you got Living Writers, and um, my name is DJ Who Cannot Be Named, filling in for T. Hutzel. we got one more quick announcement for you, and we'll be right back with Ed Vilmetti. We're the kids from Klonala, and you're listening to
0: WCBM, FM, and
1: Ever. And good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Living Writers. Again, I am DJ who cannot be named, filling in for tea this week, who is enjoying summer and perhaps tuning in somewhere just like you are now. Today, we have joining us here in the FM studio, Ed Vialmetti, longtime online writer, reporter, map aficionado, and one of the main contributors to coordinators of ArborWiki. We'll hear Ed talk about his experiences writing online since 1985, his thoughts about collective memories. And the roles Wikis, such as ArborWiki, can play in the creation of a community's online resource for information. Everything from civic engagement systems to the best birthday free deals around town. First, let's welcome you here, Ed, today to Living Writers. Thanks so much for sharing your
3: time with us. Thanks for having me on the air.
1: Yeah, welcome. And I have papers, so you hear hear things (laughs) like that. Because microphones picked them up. How are you doing today? How was your walk into uh, the studio?
3: It was pretty good. I managed to catch the bus uh, on my way in, so I wasn't late, hmm. and uh, managed to not not miss it, even though my phone wasn't working very well. So
1: your phone wasn't working, huh? Yeah. Your tagline has uh, is this it has been you, Ed has been typing things into the internet daily since 1985. What was writing on the Internet like for you from 1985 until Al Gore reinvented the Internet in the 90s? So in
3: 1985, I was a student here at the University of Michigan. Um, the computing system uh, was the Michigan Terminal System, which is a great big mainframe, although by modern standards it's uh, uh, not a very powerful computer. But at the time, two or 300 people would be online at the same time. Um, Everyone either running their stats programs or typing their papers up or, you know, writing code for classes. And there was an online conferencing system called CONFER that was running on the University Mainframe. And I got... This is at the
1: University of Michigan?
3: At the University of Michigan, 1985. So there was a lot of people uh, online uh, all at the same time. I was part of a student group called the Student Conferencing Project, and we had... You know, small by today's Facebook standards, but we had 300 people logged Three hundred. into our system. That's a lot of people. Yeah. And most people didn't know each other at the time except through what they had written. So the, the face-to-face meetings we had were you know, the sort of crazy combination of like, you know, someone's name is Jimmy, but you don't know if they're male or female. So <laughs> yeah, it's always kind of like guessing by what their writing what is, their what their writing is. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so what was what was the exchange like? Was it what was the exchange pattern? How did how did this work? Like, so
3: when when people were typing, they were typing on ter- either great big, hulky terminals or sometimes from home computers. But um, the speed of things was pretty slow. You know, Twelve hundred baud or twenty-four hundred baud—very you know, slow by modern standards. Um, so you could actually, if you were talking interactively with thirty or forty people in a conference, you could read everything that everyone had to say in the order that they, that they had said it, and you know, and be done with it, um, and not have the feeling of an infinite stream of information coming at you from the internet. There just wasn't. Now, there was an internet at that point, but it was it was very uh, disconnected in a lot of ways, um, and so you mostly talked to people who were relatively local to you. Um,
1: so a way to create documents without having to be, or just
3: eh, no. a way to create community. You okay. know, you're 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 talking about the issues of the day. You're you're trying to figure out um, what people's opinions are on politics. You're sharing recipes. You know the whole the whole set of chit chat that goes on uh, not too much different from what what a typical um, what a typical online discussion might be today mm-hmm. on something like Facebook or Reddit but it was all with people you could actually meet up with afterwards so you'd type at each other for a while while you were not you know while you were trying to avoid doing your homework and then you'd go out for a beer or pizza so okay. it was not not people far away it was people close by and
1: this was so this was like chatting rather than like you send an email, and then two days later or a day later you get a response kind of thing. Or? um
3: it was it was not so much chat in the sense that not not like Twitter, where it's like one line at a time. Um, it was more sort of short um, you know a paragraph or two at a time typed into a system that would keep track of conversations. So you'd have a series of items. Where someone would write a leading prompt to start off the conversation, and then people would respond with a set of responses coming back and forth. So it was interactive in the sense that you would, you know, be able to continue on a conversation about uh, whatever uh, over time. And uh, you know, it was a pretty broad range of people who were using the system in the in the late 80s, at least, relative to campus and uh we actually got uh in trouble with the university administration at one point because there was an online discussion of uh bad jokes that was going on online
1: ooh racy yeah
3: racy not so much racy no. as racist
1: ooh racist uh, yeah
3: and oh, uh that was part of the um part of the uh thing that part of the spirit of the times that led to the shutdown of the AM station on campus, WJJX, got whacked because the DJ was doing racist jokes on, on the air and didn't manage to um, understand that that was wrong, um, whereas the similar sort of content online had this sort of fury of self-introspection. Are we doing it the right way? You know, people... Going to the administration building and pleading their case in front of university lawyers—the whole thing. So, mm-hmm. it was a—you know—it was an interesting time to try to understand what an online community was going to be.
1: Right, and so this is uh, Confer. Right? This is Confer. Yeah. So C O N F E R. Yep.
3: Right. Robert Parnes uh, did the software. It ran, okay. Ran on the mainframe as well as the student piece of the mainframe that was running.
1: All the dorms were, how how was it?
3: So it was connected. Um, there was a bunch of uh, low speed, uh, low speed connections like into um, computing centers. Okay. So the basement of the Michigan Union, which has, uh, used to have a swimming pool and then, then they converted it over to a computing center um, mm-hmm. down there. Uh, Very much like the the computing centers now, except instead of imagining that these are powerful computers, they're essentially one step up from punch card terminals.
1: Gotcha. Um,
3: And then some people had um, computers at home that would have modems. So you plug a modem into the phone line and dial up and um, connect and connect to the mainframe, do your thing, and then.
1: When you say connect to the mainframe, you're connecting just to everybody else you can send share messages with on Confer, or is this part of Usenet? Or
3: yeah, so it it changed over time, right? So um, in eighty five or so, or late eighties, um, what people were 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 dialing into were um, terminal concentrators that the computing center ran, um, and uh, by the time nineteen ninety One rolled around in my life. Uh, I had started a small business providing people access to the Internet. And instead of the university's modems people were dialing into, they were dialing into my modems. And I had, with a couple of other friends in town, started up a business to, like, people, give people dial-up access to the Internet, which was crazy. just insane to even think about doing it now.
1: So back up a little bit, though. Um, When we were kind of talking prior to, you know, getting ready for this— This interview, you had mentioned that you'd spent a lot of time on Usenet from 1985 to 95. So there's yeah, it's over. It's, it's an overlap. overlap. Yeah. Okay.
3: So the the conference stuff is mostly on campus. There okay. were a few off campus people involved, but not really very many. But at the same time, um, there was a national network that had formed again over dial up phone lines, called Usenet, which um, still exists today in some very different format. Um, people. Posting, um, sending posts to newsgroups. So a newsgroup might be, okay. you know, rec.pets.cats for people writing things about cats. Mm-hmm. Or, or it might be mi.misc for anything about Michigan of any sort. Mm-hmm.
1: Mushroom hunters and stuff.
3: Yeah. yeah it, um, the the newsgroups had this crazy sort of distributed um, distributed governance model. Where anyone who ran a news system had some say in what news groups they would carry. Um, so if you wanted to take all the scientific and computer groups but didn't want to carry the recreational groups, right. then you could make that decision if you owned a modem and a ten thousand dollar computer and and had the you know wherewithal to run a system like that. So it was it was. It was not like the centralized systems of today where the company that runs the thing decides what to do. It was very much a user network rather than a, a corporate network.
1: So it sounds like a, in a way, like a worker cooperative, but it's not like something that's making money. No, it's losing money. (laughs) Yeah, right. This is a this is a commons project. It was a
3: commons. It was very much a common sort of project, and that's actually one of the things that caused its eventual downfall, is that the initial run of Usenet was very non-commercial. It wasn't completely non-commercial. People would do things, but there wasn't really advertising as such, Um, and then what happened was and and people who were running these systems sometimes snuck their their use of long distance phone bills into the general budget so that management right. and the powers that be didn't understand that they were spending you know thousands of dollars a month to dial right. up chicago or dial up the washington dc or or dial up california or even you know international calls so at some point all that traffic moved over to the internet as we know it now Um, And then a lot more people got access, you know, the sort of growth of a network sort of thing. Uh, Meanwhile, the campus networks were starting to die in some sense because it wasn't cost effective to run a mainframe anymore. And um, people discovered that if they ignored the norms of community that had come up and instead just posted their advertisements everywhere, that they would that no there was no effective way for anyone to fight up fight them off right um and so you got um you got sort of really the beginnings of spam um where you had you know people's community involvement and things overrun by you know merciless commercial interests who didn't really care that there was a community there they just cared that there were eyeballs eyeballs
1: on our information on the screen right Yeah. yeah and so give me what would be out of the Confer and the Usenet experiences writing online with folks, do you have any, like, memorable creations that emerge from this or community-building instances? Yeah,
3: so the, the the challenge with any of this stuff is there wasn't really an Internet back then. So you couldn't just log into some system far away. You couldn't pull up a web page and, and just look at something. Um, stuff got sent to you, and then you threw it away because you didn't have enough space on your hard drive for it. So the challenge was how do you collaborate with a bunch of people to write something that lasts more than a couple of days? Because right. every couple of days, all the old stuff is being deleted. Um, so there were projects where people would would um, automatically post something once a month. They, every every month, they would send out the big long, you know, frequently asked questions about cats, or frequently asked questions about mushroom hunting, or whatever the topic was. Right, and this would be this carefully, lovingly edited, collective memory of every discussion that was worth remembering uh, that had been been deleted, uh, sent out as necessary over and over again. So, you know, I'd work with a guy, I'd work with a fellow in Toronto who mm was doing this stuff and, you know, I would write something up and then he would write something back and we'd sort of work on it together, sending things back and forth and it would get sent out to the whole world where... You know, whatever that world, the size of that world was. Right. Um, I wrote an essay late one night. Um, There was a a posting called What is Usenet that described the whole network. And I thought it was full of nonsense. So I wrote the, you know, caffeine fueled rebuttal to the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) How
1: late did you stay up?
3: uh, Two or three in the morning. Two or
1: three in the morning? Oh, it sounds like. Not so bad. There's a lot of people who do that these days too. If somebody's wrong on the internet, right? You got you You can't let it go. You got to get them. You can't. Yeah, who's got the last answer on the Facebook comment? Right. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we got just a. oh yeah you know what it's about time for just a quick break here we'll just listen to a little bit of um, some Flying Burrito Brothers and we'll be right back with um, Ed Vial and we'll be talking about collective memories and the Arbor Wiki you got living writers DJ who cannot be named filling in for T Hutzel thanks so much for tuning in We're back you got living writers dj who cannot be named talking with Ed meddy about am i saying your name right by yeah, the way that's that's basically that's right. basically right say it yeah. say it the right way edville meddy edville um, You know, the, the,
3: give that it italian there's a thing <laughs> yeah
1: heidi my partner's uh uh last uh you know maiden name is uh chifani when you pronounce it the italian way you know yeah. and her her dad's name is don so anyways <laughs> enough about that don chifani um do you uh, so you also used to wrote uh used to wrote used to write for uh, printed publications as well. How do writing online and writing for printed publications is that like a different
3: process? Yeah, so the biggest thing about writing for print is that um especially if you're writing for print and getting paid for it, um you have an editor who's going to maybe tell you what to write or ask you to write something or decide whether what you wrote is okay or not. Um you typically have a deadline where something needs to be done at a certain certain time, um, and you often have some sort of word count or some sort of space that you need to fill and not fill less than, not feel, fill more than. Um, writing online is almost completely different from all of that. Um, you know, often you're, you might be the only person who's going to read whatever you're, you're going to write, or... Uh, or no one's going to care, uh, whether it's misspelled until after they, you know, no one's going to catch that before you do it. Um, and so the, I'd say the quality of writing online, um, can be really disappointing sometimes. Um, people who care about things, but are in a rush and don't quite have that sort of self editorial business. It's really hard to edit yourself. I mean, it's really hard, especially because written stuff online often comes out very quickly and uh, it's really hard to get that level of polish um, that makes sense. Um, the trouble with with print, of course, is that the print world is shrinking in terms of outlets that right. people can go to and actually make a career out of writing things that other people will read that gets printed on paper. I mean, that's just the newspaper world has shrunk right. tremendously. Around we?
1: here, we have like what Metro Times, maybe, maybe that it, if it, that
3: maybe, maybe that you um, know. You know uh, uh, the Arbor Observer certainly yep. as, as once a, a month though. once a month right, right. so you, know, you better have something to say that's worth waiting a month to, to read hmm. um, and so it's it's that that sort of gap where there's a lot more people typing than there ever used to be and very few of those people getting getting compensated for doing creative work um, and the uh, I think the quality has suffered I mean certainly the emotional quality of comments on most websites is pretty low and so if you you know if the bar is really low all you have to do is to open up a text box and start typing in you get everything
1: What's the what's the number one rule about comments? Never I,
3: read the comments. Never read the comments. <laughs> That's and, like it's
1: a mantra, kind of right. When you're reading, you're reading the article.
3: You, the live, you read the first
1: paragraph. Don't read the comments. Don't, don't, don't
3: read don't read the
1: comments. <laughs> don't no. skip it because sometimes, like I've actually like started reading. Like, okay, I wonder what these people are saying, right? I just skip right down, and then uh, boy, it's an abyss. It's
3: I, you know, when I was I worked for Ann Arbor.com for a year and change. Um, and a part of my job was to write whatever I wanted to write as a column every single day. It just had to be about Ann Arbor. And the other part was I had to read all the comments from all of the people writing in comments to the site, and that's one of those jobs where you were, like, really happy to do some of your job and really not happy to do the other part of it. Right. Yeah, it was not...
1: What, what are, do you, kind of talking about quality of online writing, do you have criteria that you use to evaluate or is it just kind of, eh?
3: Well, so there's some real real basic stuff. I mean, is it spelled correctly? Is it punctuated right. nice? Do people capitalize? If they don't capitalize, do they have a reason for that? You know, are they channeling their inner EE e. Cummings or what have you? Right. You know, so so there's, this, there's a style to things. And some people's style is really, really sharp and some people just, you know, don't know how to type very well and don't know how to spell very well and so you get a sort of a first pass of of things right and then the the next thing really is um for me at least is trying to figure out whether what you've written um deserves to be remembered for more than a few minutes or whether it you know should be written and discarded um and there's a lot of there's a lot of difference between the paragraph that you put together that you expect to refer back to a, two years from now versus the paragraph you put together because you're like, yeah, whatever, I just want to say my, say my two words. Um, and I think that a lot of the online media that people are used to typing into, the Facebooks and Twitters of this world, really reward the instant feedback at the expense of having long-term things be virtually impossible to find. Um, right so I mean then that's that's one of the reasons that I am happy with the Arbor wiki project which has been going on for the better part of a decade now is like well yeah actually if you write it in and if it's actually any good you can find it again right a long time from now um, and
1: so like that's that's kind of like referring to the collective memory piece yeah. of it and we're gonna get to like maybe talking a little bit more specifically about the ArborWiki, um, you refer to it as ArborWiki, but when you go to the website, by the way, it says lo- lo- so, local wiki. Yeah. It, yeah, it's like a is it like a blogspot kind of platform, or is it something you guys created? How did this come into being?
3: Yeah, so ArborWiki started out as a high school project. A fellow named Matt Hampel was one of the leaders of it um, back in 2005, um, and he ran it ran it on. Ann Arbor Public Schools uh, computing stuff, oh, yeah. and then when he graduated, they said, "Well, you have to get rid of this. You have to Which charge... school was he based on? Community High School. Community High School. Yeah. Okay. So uh, they, when they when he graduated, he said, "Well, you know, we we can't do, keep this running. You have to get rid of it." So he moved it over to his own, his own computers and his own hosting. Um, eventually, the project uh, picked up enough support that the public library, Arbor District Library, um, started providing hosting for it. Mm-hmm. And then um, as we were. Doing this, we discovered that there were a lot of other people in a lot of other cities doing similar sorts of projects. Mm-hmm. And a project called Local Wiki, which you mentioned, started um, originally uh, folks based in Davis, California, who have a uh, extremely active and um, well-functioning Local Wiki for Davis. And uh, got they uh, raised some money from the Knight Foundation to... Do some software development, uh, really designing something specifically for what the needs of doing local, um, you know, a local wiki is. Right. Um, And uh, that is now a hosting platform. So we don't pay for it except through our generous donations to that nonprofit. I see. Um, But they offer the technical backing for it so that if someone wanted to start a local wiki in their community, they didn't have to have a computer genius on tap to keep the thing running right it's um, got its
1: own systems within it where you can have comments or not comments or like editing people right? can yeah. people
3: can edit you know there's a bunch there's a series of pages right pages have maps on them sometimes sometimes they don't uh about various things in the community okay um, either individual um people or places or things or big lists of stuff um Right. that the people have come up with.
1: So we're already starting to talk about what a wiki is, but let's kind of step back and yeah. Yeah, just say, like, what, let's define this. What is a wiki? People know Wikipedia and things like that, but basically, what's a wiki?
3: So people know Wikipedia, as the, and if anyone has ever tried to edit Wikipedia, they know it as a, a system of, of all the world's knowledge and really all the world's important knowledge that's important enough that the whole world needs to know about it, right? And so anyone can edit it, uh, and people often do. Uh, they can make changes. There's a bunch of editors who are going to scrutinize the changes to make sure that they're globally notable and relevant to the whole world, right? Um, and so if you try to, you know, write up a biography of some unknown person on Wikipedia, um, the editors there will often say things like, "Well, that person's not notable. That's just not." Not relevant to the global encyclopedia of knowledge because they're just you know we've never heard of them. There's no nothing's been written about them. There's no newspaper stories about them, whatnot. Wow, so, sounds kind
1: of like who's who of the word, you know, or or what is it like it's a club like kind of thing or so, or no? It's just
3: it's it's you know it's it's trying to do a global encyclopedia of notable things, whereas local wiki says hey you're you live somewhere you have knowledge right. about this place that you're in. And therefore, what you write about this place that you're in is an accurate reflection, to the best of your ability, of you know, actually knowing something.
1: Right. And I just meant, I guess all I was meaning was like, who makes those decisions about what's relevant? But at some, you know, some objective sense, you can say, okay, this is local and this is, you know, globally relevant. Right. And so that's what the local wiki, the Arbor wiki is for, for for For, us. For
3: local stuff. Yeah. So, you know, if a pizza shop goes out of business, it'll never make the news. And Wikipedia is just not, just not even relevant. But, you know, if you have a page about a, Pizza place, and and you know the someone thinks that they have a real low quality pepperoni, and right. you know you write that in, and that sort of that sort of goes there.
1: And then somebody else writes back and is like, no, disputed. I love <laughs> disputed, yeah.
3: With that <laughs> one of the one of my favorite pages on Arbor Wiki is the donuts page, which <laughs> which you know is this encyclopedic <laughs> account of every donut shop, including a bunch of them that have long gone. Um, and, you know, where they get their donut batter from and, and where to go if you're in— In
1: Ann Arbor? In Ann Arbor, yeah. So how many donut shops have there been in Ann
3: Arbor? Uh, we, uh, at some point, I was reading through some old newspapers and and, and there was a donut fire at some donut shop in, in Ypsilanti back in like 1908. Wow. And and you know I found it and I clipped out the little clipping and stuck it on the page because it's you know important. Right. It's important to know that stuff. Right? So
1: then what happened? What was the? You said you said that it was like one of the interest most interesting with the donuts page.
3: Well, so it was a contra- controversial. Yeah. Right. Controversial. Just just because donuts are you know like a, a essentially controversial topic. You know, are there. Are there real donuts to be found in Ann Arbor, right? Oh the, my goodness! You know, or all there's bagels everywhere. There's right? bagels everywhere, but you know, can you get a genuine Got donut it. in downtown Ann Arbor? Okay, now I know. Do you, you have there. to mortgage your house to buy a Zingerman's donut? You know, like the, the whole, the whole sort of really important, essential items of the day, or if you're going to, um, you know, if you're going to some, um, to some um, uh, uh, apple orchard. You know, can you get really good donuts at the Apple Orchard right. or at the, the Cider Mill?
1: And that's actually probably one of the better places to get donuts. We also have uh, Washington Dairy too. We have right? Washington Dairy, but it's like you know, we're talking about businesses and stuff. We're not like advertising. Them. It's, it's not advertising.
3: That, it's just like it, the things people, that exist. The there it need, is. The people need to know where to get a good donut. <laughs> where, right? Where is the
1: donuts? Well, you got to say if we're gonna say Washington Dairy, you got to say Dom Bakeries too. We we'll got we gotta get off of that topic. Yeah, we'll
3: about. get off the donuts. <laughs>
1: Um, so uh with the wiki's and uh with this updating process, what are the rules of engagement? how do you you know when something's in dispute what's the what does that mean
3: well, so in wiki- uh, best described by comparison with wikipedia right Wikipedia has this sort of elaborate bureaucratic infrastructure for if someone disagrees with someone else and if they dispute something, you can sort of escalate it through the through the chain of various people around the world who are going to decide things. Um, On ArborWiki and local wikis in general, the number of people working on it is much smaller, so the dispute process is really small. Basically, the rule of engagement for wiki is whoever is there last and can type their piece in gets it. Um, If people are really disruptive, it's possible for the moderators to block uh, individual from access to the site and that's used very rarely. Okay. Um but for the most part um every edit that comes in there's enough people watching it that someone else reads it and okay. if something looks unreasonable or is just not a noise um you can revert to a previous edit and go back to where how it was before. Mhm. Um and the revert process is faster than the edit process. So if you get spam, it's very easy to back out a bunch of spam all at once. Right. Um, if there's factual disputes, the usual way of dealing with it is to, um, you know, include multiple sides of the story as best you can. Sort of do the neutral point of view or the local point of view on things. Um, mm-hmm. We've we've had a couple of disputes, uh, including some that are sort of still going. People who've decided that they don't want to be included, in the, in the Thing.
1: Oh, like you have a page for them, but they're like, "Hey, they take that take down, take that
3: down." Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, my take on it is, if someone has run for mayor, they probably deserve to have a page on, you know, the local right. thing. It may not be a very big page, may not go into every detail of their life. You know, you want you need, you need to be fair with people because they're people; they're not just. You know, bits on a page. Right. Um, but and you
1: may you may be walking right past them down the street someday, and who knows, right?
3: And who knows? <laughs> it's like, what did you say about me? What did you say about me? But you know, I've 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 talked to people who you know don't touch computers very much, or who certainly are not going to learn Wiki to write about themselves, and they said, yeah, I read that, I read that thing that you wrote about. Well, because people's people who've contributed to a page, their little icons are at the bottom of the okay. page. And I read that thing that you wrote about me, and that was pretty good. And I thought, and I said to myself, "Did I write that?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe and it turns the... out,
3: you know, it's a wiki, so a bunch of people right. wrote it, and it wasn't just me. It was me, um, Mary Morgan, and Dave Askins from the formerly from the Ann Arbor right. Chronicle, now from Civ City, have uh, stepped into the, the the local wiki game and uh, are helping organize uh, training sessions with the Ann Arbor District Library.
1: Right. So it's coming out of the libraries. It's involved coming out too. of the libraries
3: involved too. Um, you know, there's various people who have had smaller projects uh, to just get involved on right. documenting all the little um, documenting all the little uh, little free libraries in town, right? A little map of oh, all those yeah. things, yeah. Um, you know, stuff that no that v- no um, print publication on earth would have the fortitude to do that. You know, right over over the long haul.
1: But how many contributor contributors would you say you guys have right now?
3: So working? some of the pages have lots of contributors, mm-hmm. and some have basically hardly any. Um, so not to get all commercial again, but the page about all of the free things that you can get on your birthday. Oh yeah, the birthday deals. The birthday deals page. Right? We're not mentioning any particular place. Mm-hmm. So I have my favorites, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so um, that that regularly has contributions from people. Who updated and con- confirmed that something something worked? Um, other pages, you know, the the obituary from some city member of city council who died 25 right. years ago, you know, one person edits edit, edits it once, and you know that's sort of it. Um, I'd say the core of people who I can name who routinely look at things that I see is uh, maybe a dozen
1: dozen folks,
3: um, and then the sort of periphery of like everyone who's ever made an edit is a couple hundred. Okay. Um, You know, which includes the one-off edit to things. Um, And then one of the things that brought those numbers up over the course of the summer quite a bit actually is the library's uh, summer reading game Mm. has part of their game is if you go into ArborWiki and you make an edit, you can get points in their game for doing this
1: you get points for what wait what do you do with your points
3: uh, so I don't know if you're familiar with or that uh, people listening are familiar with this with the summer reading game from the Ann Arbor District Library yes please share so uh, the the way it works is that it's like any other summer reading program if you read books you get points for reading books, and then you can fill out a form and, and get fabulous prizes like discounts on your fines, stuff like that.
1: Ooh, discounts on fines! We got to run some up then.
3: <laughs> but uh, the uh, the other thing that they do is they they give out points for civic engagement. And so if you if you went to the uh, Rolling Sculpture Car Show, the library had a little booth there. And they had a little uh, piece of paper up with a game code that you could uh, redeem for having visited their booth at the Mm. Rolling Sculpture Car Show.
1: And so you... Government meetings, too, like city meetings? City
3: meetings, city council meetings, uh, committee meetings. Um, They've had had stuff on art exhibits. Um, I'm sure there's going to be something at art fair. So basically, uh, uh, they had... uh, You could get points in in last year's game... For giving a uh, public commentary at a library board meeting. Okay. So just very much ways of engaging people with the city, and this is again um, uh, the uh, Data Askins and Mary Morgan, formerly of the Ann Arbor Chronicle, now working with their Civ City project, which is sort of really designed to get people's civic engagement going on.
1: Bring more people into it. Yeah, right? just
3: get people involved. Yep. You know, have some way of making it fun. Right. Right. Um, have some way of, like, getting people to do it, even though they've never done it before, just to see that they can do it. So we've had a bunch of people making edits to ArborWiki over the last wonderful. six weeks, eight weeks, as the game has started. And, you know, they type something in about something that they know, or they add a page from someone that they know that should have been there, or, or then they throw in some detail about some park or, you know, whatever, whatever. Um,
1: so, if people were wanting to um, edit on ArborWiki, how would they? They just go to ArborWiki.org. And...
3: ArborWiki.org will bring you to the front page of it. Um, you uh, once you get there, uh, there's a search box that you can type something in and, mm-hmm. and see whatever you want. Um, or, um, and then on every single page, there's an "Edit this page" button. Okay. And uh, it brings up an editor. You type in what you want. You type in at the bottom what okay. you just did hit the save button it immediately is uh, available for everyone to look at um and then you know someone will read it and uh decide whether it was worth keeping okay and most most things are because most people are in good do things in good faith and, right. uh, and then you carry on and mm. and then the next time someone searches for you know, for that park or for that donut shop or for that uh, whatever, um, your wisdom about the world is included in their wisdom about the world.
1: Ed meddy on uh, Online Writing and Arbor Wiki. You got Living Writers here, WCBN FM Ann Arbor. We're going to take a brief break and we'll be right back to continue talking with Ed about how this kind of fits in, this Wiki maybe project fits in with more c- civic engagement. Um, efforts and um, some other interests that add heads around town. Stay tuned. Thanks a lot for thanks a lot for listening.
2: Breaking rocks out here on the chain gang Breaking rocks and serving my time Breaking rocks out here on the chain gang Cause it don't convince me a crime, a hole steady right there while I hit it. Well, I reckon that ought to get it been working and working, but I still got so terribly far to go. I committed crime long I even crime of being hungry and poor. I left the grocery store and breathing. When they caught me robbing a store, I hold it steady right there while I hit it. Well I reckon that ought to get it been working and working, but I still got so terribly far to go. I heard the judge say five years Unchanging you gonna go. I heard the church say five years of labor, I heard my old man scream, Lord, you know, hold it right there while I hear it. Well, I reckon that ought to get it been working.
1: Welcome back. You got Living Writers uh, today, DJ Who Cannot Be Named, speaking with Ed Vilmetti about Arbor Wiki, Collective Memory. We're going to get into some maps, but right now I wanted to just kind of we've been talking about some pieces of how the library is creating a game for people to get more involved civically. How do you see the Arbor Wiki playing a role in bringing people into uh, the workings of our, of our town, of our city.
3: So one of the things that I do in my ample spare time is follow Ann Arbor City Council. Okay. Um, and, uh, council, um, meets twice a month. I think it's some of the best civic theater in town. Um, just to get a sense for like the, the drama of what's going on in, in a place. Right. Um,
1: and you often speak at the very end of the meetings the too, which could be end. like midnight, one AM. They've been
3: the, the new mayor has been doing a better job of getting the meetings done. He has been yeah. done earlier. I mean sometimes the meetings are done, you know, before eleven. Yeah, let's
1: not scare everybody away, right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> but uh you know, the 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 council makes a bunch of important decisions about what's gonna happen in in this town. Not you know, not as many decisions as Washington or Lansing do, but you know, real, real decisions about um, buildings that are going to be built and about, right? Um,
1: Just like every other city, like people are listening all maybe all over the. You know, this happens in your city too. This happens everywhere. Right? Yeah,
3: this this happens, this happens in a lot of places. So the question is, you know, you're going to want to you know that the meeting is going to happen. There's an agenda that's usually set up in, in advance. How on earth do you figure out? What is going to be decided, and what's going to be discussed in time, so that if you actually have an opinion, that you can make an impact on what's going on. So, right. uh, so one of the things that ArborWiki has been really good at, since it's it's collected a bunch of, you know, essentially a bunch of ephemera about about this town over the span of a decade, um, is that if there's an issue that comes up for some, um, you know, some building proposed for something or right. or some street that's going to get resurfaced or, you know, like whatever whatever it is, there's a reasonably good chance that somewhere along the way, someone has typed in something about it into, into Arbor Wiki. And so you can start to put together your own agenda for what's going on and um, have a little bit of background as, as to these issues. And you know, hopefully be at least as well prepared, in some cases probably better prepared, than the right. people who are making decisions to actually, you know, be informed about what's happening. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, so if a building is going to be built on some, you know, brownfield somewhere, then then there's a reasonable thing to do. is like, well, what used to be there? Right. right. And, uh, and uh, sometimes that makes a really big difference in deciding, you know, what's going to go on. So... You know, collective memory about not only things that are in the news after they've happened, but trying to get some sense for uh, what's going on as they're happening. Um,
1: and so that's how that's how the, the Arbor Wiki could actually be useful for civic engagement is people can, well, this is happening right now. What happened before, Right. right. Um. So you know, people were talking about accessory dwelling units. A right. couple of, that's happened. That's what, happened. 15 years ago.
3: That, that that story has been going on for a long, You know, for a fair number of years. Right. And so, um, one of the things that um that we've been trying to do. Say is,
1: wait. I'm sorry. I should yeah. say, what are accessory dwelling units? Though, oh. right? Do you know? Or? Yeah, I okay. know. I, okay. So
3: accessory dwelling units. Um. The the whole notion is that um if you want to provide. Uh, more housing in an area without building great big buildings that you can let people who are current homeowners expand onto their houses and essentially put a little apartment over their garage or turn their garage into an apartment or 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 some sort of you know Place to live that's not the big house. That's a small right. house in the backyard.
1: Right. So that kind of gives. I just wanted to make sure, yeah. our listeners know what what we're talking about here. And so then this actually had been talked about. Yeah, you're you're familiar with this. this yeah. So this had,
3: this had been talked about. Um, I don't remember. I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but you know, this is the sort of issue that's come up before, um, and. Had been discussed at length before, and there's some natural allies for this sort of thing. Right. There's some natural opponents to it, um, and you know you don't have to revisit the entire discussion to be informed right. about it. But it's useful to have a context for things. So it's like, well, this isn't, you know, this isn't brand new. Yeah,
1: when people studied this before, what it, what, what what did they say? What did they say? Yeah. Right? If and also you could, hey, you could maybe link up with other wikis across the. The country. What have counties who have implemented this? I think San Francisco actually has. The, or yeah, no. I think Portland, Oregon, Portland has, a, yeah. has
3: has a pretty. You know, they have a different climate than we do, right? Um, and they're a different sized city than we yeah. are. But you know, you can you can look at what's what's happened elsewhere, um, and there are there are a number of local wikis um, where people have, you know, sort of done this sort of cross fertilizations. Like, well, what are you know, what does someone in some what has been the experience in some other place how do we bring that here right and and fortunately ann arbor is a pretty cosmopolitan town It's so the people are here from lots of other university towns around the, the country and that when they leave they're going to go to some other university town you know, to the extent that they're right attached to the university so you know trying to figure out it's like well what do they do in boulder what do they do in madison you know like Why can't we drink beer in the union like they do in Madison or other sorts of things? Um, And try to get that sense of not of, you know, community at the peer to peer level rather than community at the, you know, national government level. Right. Um,
1: Um, And so you I'm going to kind of just this is related, but like. You use Twitter pretty frequently, right? You're a free yeah too much yeah, yeah. Oh, too much, huh? Is there yeah. like a group for that? Is there support for that? Yeah,
3: know. we have a little app that we could use. You have to, an app sh- to share. To oh, share okay, that. wonderful.
1: <laughs> um, but is it so? Is this at all related to the Wiki project? If so, how?
3: Yeah, so Twitter, you know, Twitter is really good to the extent that it's good for really short messages, right? So you you only have 140 characters. That's right. Type. Yeah. So run out of space. You, all you the run time. out of space really fast. Um and so if you've got if you've got some sort of message that you want to get to someone that's longer than a sentence or two um right. it's really helpful to have something to refer people to you know I've been blogging for a long time as well so I can send people to my blog but you know that's stuff that I write uh sometimes you want to have something that's uh, sort of collectively edited so one of the real useful combinations of things is during city council meetings, we'll there's a, about a dozen folks who are actively on Twitter using the a2 council tag. Ah, right. And you know, we'll sort of send things back and forth in that, um, keep track of what decisions are being made, mm-hmm. figure out who's on what side of what what task, take council members to task for talking too long. This or the whole, right? You know, mystery science theater approach or, to council. Or the
1: other way, the, or, or for talking about the three minute people, right? Or the
3: three-minute people, yes. Yeah, so the three-minute people, three minutes is how much time you get for for public commentary. But if you, um, you know, if you're on Twitter during a council meeting, in either there in person or watching over, uh, Ctn or watching online, um, if you've got some topic that council is addressing right now, uh, often that's in scope for what ArborWiki has written about. And so, accessory drilling units comes up, or, or you know, paving some street comes up, or, or uh, some building that's going to get torn right. down to turn into something else. Um, it's very easy to drop a link into the Twitter stream that points into ArborWiki and say, oh, you know, we've talked about this before. It was in 2007. You know, here's the link, and then that page has a timeline that right. has the previous coverage of things. And so you can have that sort of collective understanding of, all right, we've been through this before. Oh, it's coming up again. Right. You know, what's there now? What used to be there? How long has this particular bit of drama been going on? Because the you know, council makes decisions that sometimes it take years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, various, um, there's not very many derelict buildings in this town, but the ones that are there. Seem to stay around mm-hmm. for for decades, and so you can sort of. There's point- a
1: few empty lots too that used to have buildings there that people th- lived in, right? That no longer have people living. that in
3: no them. longer have people living in them. Right. Yeah,
1: and those and and those people affordable living in the- places exactly. Yeah. yeah, and so that's a that's a challenge too, and. Um, I'm wondering. I just want to cut here. We've got yep. about ten minutes left, and I wanted to give you a, sh- a, a chance at um, talking about what's the what's your hope for the trajectory of this particular project? So it's a collective project. Twelve key people, some other people being touched. What's the what do you see for this in the future? Maybe is so.
3: I tell people that I'm on sort of year ten of a thirty-year project. Okay, you know, so I figure there's the 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 challenge of the the trajectory of the challenge is. Everything you type in about something that's true today, in a year from now, is going to be a year less true, right? Right. A, a year older, a year less relevant. So, you know, the challenge is getting enough people eyeballs on it and using it and whatnot so that right. it doesn't become a chronicle of the early, you know, the late 2000s. You know, it doesn't become a, a, a memory hole for 2010. Right. Or, or for 2015. Um, so keeping things up to date is a challenge. Um, it's all volunteer, right? There's no, voli- this
1: is no paid staff people no on this, right? No Paid staff
3: people, the people who run local wiki got some grant money, so they, okay. they, the the hosting of it is, um, is is paid for, but it's not like there's a. ArborWiki Wiki Incorporated that's busy writing checks to people. And there's
1: not a nonprofit like Arbor Wiki or is there?
3: So local wiki itself is a nonprofit the, national, like the national right one. Davis California. Yeah, but the the local not, not the Arbor Wiki project is completely unincorporated. So there's like mutual no just efforts like we're just working on it. Right. It's not a it's not an organization. Um it is organized but it's not a you know it's not writing for grants, it's not it's right. not doing a lot of things. All right. Um, you know, the trajectory, I think, is a real challenge to understand. It's like, well, you know, what if some of the key people decide to get bored right. of it, right? So probably some parts of it will will continue to do fine. Um, the the portions of the site just work because you need to share certain things, and a wiki is the best way to share them. Right. Um, portions of the site uh, work because no one looks at them so if they're not very good it doesn't matter um and as institutions get involved like the library um you can that add,
1: library seems like a key it's like, affiliation well, because, it's, it's
3: so important yeah you know they've got so many you know the They've got so much history that they've collected. They've got. Didn't
1: stuff. they get an award for one of the, the best libraries in the country? They get recently? one every year. Every year, yeah, something every like year. that, right? So yeah. we, we're really we're, lucky we're, here. We
3: are incredibly lucky to have mm-hmm. a, an organization like that.
1: And, and WCBN actually. We actually, I think we even have a little promo here. Maybe we'll play that before. <laughs> 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 about the about the stuff you can check out. All the instruments, and oh, all it's the, just, inc- just yeah.
3: really cool things that you can get from there.
1: Right. Um, but this, but th- but this particular project, key uh, teaming up with their resources, kind of helps it sustain a little bit. Yeah.
3: Or? So I mean, it, it's the sort of thing that that is going to need a certain amount of care and feeding every year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because things change, right? There's right. new issues that come up. Old issues have new have new new things, new people appear, new you know people pass away. You want to keep track of that, so you know there's a certain level of ongoing effort that you need to just keep the whole thing moving. Right. Um, the trajectory, I think, um, has a lot to do with how the national project works. Um, uh-huh. So, you know, there's people working away. So, at the, we're
1: talking about our own thing here that's going on, and then there's this whole oh, other group planning. Other, you know, yeah.
3: there's 100, 100 plus cities with similar sorts of issues.
1: But then there's a national local wiki that touches each one it of those. It touches each one of those, right. yeah.
3: So, you know, it, you know, there's some software that still needs to be developed. Right. There's, you know, understanding how you do governance of a project that's sort of lots of stake, you know, lots of people working on it. Have there been
1: um, any cyber attacks on the local wiki yet?
3: Um, I think there's been sort of random drive-by stuff, but nothing, nothing targeted. Coordinated. Nothing coordinated. Nothing um, You know, it's it's not um, a lot of the things that it's writing about are not sort of hot-button controversial in the sense that, right. you know, you're, you're looking at a pretty—people talking about pretty obscure stuff sometimes. There's not a lot of motivation for right. disrupting that. Right, so uh what uh what's next for you so that's like
1: the Arbor wiki project, that's one of the big yeah. things you're working on. Um. Is there anything next for you? Any major announcements? Things that you have going on you'd like to share with folks? Or um, you regar- suggest
3: something? Well, I- <laughs> like
1: I know that you're okay. For example, you uh, you do ham. You you do ham radio. You build radios. From what I remember, I I'm do. Re- I, I,
3: I'm an amateur radio operator. It's okay. one of the reasons I I'm really interested in the station here. Is right. It's like you guys got real radios, <laughs> not, the, not the little dinky <laughs> stuff that I've got. Right. Um. I um. I'm a longtime shortwave listener. Actually. Got a couple of got my uh, my my dad's old uh, shortwave listening set. Um, okay. got that back up and working after hunting for a part for more months than I care to imagine. Put fresh batteries into my old shortwave set and got that working again. So oh. you know I'm good to go to listen to Radio Havana Cuba anytime. I Havana work. Cuba, Ra- yes, yes.
1: Radio Havana Cuba. Say a little bit about that. Oh, so we may even. I wonder if we have a CD here. You of probably do. We probably do.
3: do. They yeah. um. So, you know, as you might imagine from a station that um, that is free territory of the Americas, I mean, they're really proud of their own ability to like right. be self-governing, um, and they play some really great music um, on um, on Sunday nights. Uh, they they do a show, is a a news show and uh, a shortwave listening show where okay. they've got uh, you know the Uh, A radio app, you know, one of their technical folks talking about how to build antennas so that you can pick them up better. Um, You know, and just a real, real quality radio that, you know, shortwave has really come a long way downhill since the Internet has gone up. And a lot of organizations have turned off their shortwave Mm -hmm. broadcasting.
1: And so you're, uh, I think I remember you mentioning you're working with, is this what the Detroit Sound uh, Conservancy is? Is it different?
3: Yeah, so I'm also spending not a ton of time, not as much as I'd like, but um, there's a group in Detroit that's using the Detroit Wiki to support some of its efforts, uh, mostly around um, preserving information about the local music scene. Oh, okay. Um, So trying to figure out how to, You know, not coordinate that from afar. I couldn't do that. There's a full-time person working on that. Um, But try to understand how Wiki is a vehicle for musical history as well as for, you know, civic history. Right. Um, You know, keeping track of flyers from bands and, you know, who is in what group and, you know, when did they break up and why and sort of... Sort of
1: there'll be a lot of people at this station, I think, interested in that sort of thing. <laughs> so, but they might already be involved. Who knows? They might to, be yeah, involved, yeah,
3: yeah. The Detroit Sound Conservancy is a great group. It's right. a couple years old and really... Uh, uh, trying very hard to make sure that the musical memories of detroit uh, stick around
1: right i didn't really leave enough time for you to talk about your uh, also your, your like i, I mentioned uh, you're a map aficionado and i maybe he's mentioned something but there's also an always an opportunity for you to come back maybe too so who knows oh we'd love to yeah yeah so maps
3: oh uh, maps like local wiki's built on maps maps of everything that's going on Um, a project called OpenStreetMap has been doing um, sort of background mapping for things and I got a chance to go to the White House uh, a couple weeks ago to actually see a big project of of folks working on that at the national level so fun stuff to do
1: Right, and we can talk more about that next time Thanks so much for joining us today Ed here on Living Writers
3: Happy to do it, always good to talk
1: Ed Vilmetti, longtime online writer since 1985 Usenet uh, currently with ArborWiki, which is arborwiki.org, is a way for you to get there and contribute to it or check out what information's there. Thanks so much for tuning in to Living Writers Today. Texas is up next with the Drive Time Polka Party T We'll be back next week with a new writer for you to hear about. You're listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Thanks so much.
3: You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, and it is time for, not quite for the Drive Time
0: Polka Party, but for La Explosion Banda.
3: Well I'm not sure why we're not getting any sound here, so let's listen to one of our wonderful announcements.
2: A somewhat smaller frog with paired vocal sacs that appears, balloon-like it's uh, on each side of the throat. The leopard frog, Ranapipians. This is its mating call.
3: Is bleached meat
0: FDA approved? Answer to a much higher authority. Is bleached meat safe for human consumption?
2: Fatal if swallowed. Fortunately, you'll be listening. What does meat have to do with music, anyway? To find out, tune in.
3: Mondays,
2: noon to three. On WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor.